When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. Want to let you know if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, at this channel, we have a goal, a vision. We want to give everybody their fair shot to make their case on an equal playing field. And that's people from any walk of life, Christian, atheist, conservative, liberal, you name it. We're glad you're here, and this is hopefully a neutral platform for everybody. So we are going to get started for tonight's debate. Want to let you know it's going to be a tag team debate, and our guests who are taking the affirmative, defending Black Lives Matter and their position on policing in particular, namely Ninetales Cosmic Fox and Kaz, pictured at the left, they will actually be getting the ball rolling. And want to let you know as well, for that, we are very excited to mention as well, their links are in the description. So if you would like to hear more from our guests, all four of them, including Ninetales and Kaz, who we'll introduce first, those links are down in the description waiting for you. So with that, do want to give you a chance, both Ninetales and Kaz, if you want to just let people know what they could expect to find at your links, which are in the description, we're thrilled to have you here. Thanks for coming back. Thank you, James. Yeah. Want to go ahead, Kaz? No, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Ninetales Cosmic Fox. Um, you can find me on YouTube at, uh, under Ninetales Cosmic Fox, or I guess in the description. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at uh, the letter M, the number nine, then Scarlet with two Ts. Um, I, I mostly do debates right now. Uh, I have a little comedy skit I'm working on getting published, so... If you thought the whole Ben Shapiro WAP thing was funny, you probably will enjoy that. And uh, I want to do video essays pretty soon. I have one in the works, but uh, I guess I'm a little more focused on debating right now. Uh, and yeah, I hope you enjoy my content if you wind up checking it out. You got it. Thanks so much. Appreciate that, Ninetales and Kaz. Excited to hear from you as well on what people can find at your links. Kaz, can you hear me? I think Kaz is working out technical difficulties. We'll kick it over to Smokey and Richard and come back to Kaz in just a moment. But, Smokey, glad to have you back. Richard, glad to have you back as well. It's been quite a while. If you guys want to let the audience know what they could expect to find at your links, the floor is all yours. Sure. 
Absolutely. Appreciate it, James. And thanks for uh, having us once again. Good to see you. Yeah, you've just been taking a break from the debate sphere. It's always guest uh, guest moderators. I never get to see you anymore, it seems. So uh, good to have you tonight. Glad you're here. Thanks so much for that. Yeah, it's Smokey Sane. I don't think I need a whole lot of extra introduction. If you all know me, you probably hate me at this point on this channel. So uh, feel free. Come by my channel if you'd like some extra triggering beyond what you uh, deal with tonight. So yeah, absolutely. I do live shows all the time. People are welcome to come in, challenge me on perspective of culture, philosophy, theology, whatever it is they like. So come by and uh, take a look at my channel. Come participate. It's a good time. You've got it. Thanks so much. And Richard, glad to have you back. If you want to let the audience know what they could expect to find at your links. Glad to be back. Um, I'm Richard Desheed. You can call me Dick. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, YouTube. Uh, links will be in the description. I'm just a uh, college student. I lean right. I'm not even, I wouldn't even classify myself as a conservative, but I find it almost impossible to have real discussion um, on the college campus that I go to. So I said, uh, screw it, let's uh, dip our toes in the water on YouTube and get into the nonsense that this world is. Gotcha. Thanks so much, Richard. And we'll kick it back to Kaz. Kaz, thrilled to have you back. If you want to share what the audience can find at your links. Um, well, if you can hear me, we still can't quite hear you. Let me see here. No. You can't hear me. I could hear him. Is it just me? I can hear him. I can hear him. Oh, perfect. Thanks so much. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm Kaz. Uh, my links. Uh, well, I'm uh, the founder of the Factitionless Network. My Facebook page has a bunch of memes that I create, and I share my debates and discussions. I like to have conversations with people about anything, and I'm looking to uh, uh, just you know connect with people and try to promote a debate culture you got it uh, yeah thank you kaz and with that we will kick it off with kaz and nine tails for their opening statement the floor is all yours all right i'll go first so um hello everyone again i'm kaz i believe in facts and i want to form a coalition of people who share my belief and wish to fashion our society from its basis if you hate bias especially your own then you are like me and we can build together so send me an email and let's network the fact is, according to the study by doctors Sarah DeGue et al., while victims of police shootings were majority white, uh, this is from a study uh, in uh, 2012, I believe. I could be wrong. I'll correct myself. Uh, while victims of police shootings were majority white, 52%, um, with a fatality rate, uh, I'm sorry, let me start over. Uh, while the victims of police shootings were majority white, they are 72% of the population, but disproportionately black, 32%, with a fatality rate of 2.8 times higher among blacks than whites. However, black victims were more likely to be unarmed, 14.8% than white, 9.4%, and Hispanic, 5.8% victims. Uh, if you look at a PragerU video put out four years ago attempting to debunk the claim that police are, in fact, racist, looking into their sources, you see that every single one of them explicitly state that they found evidence of racial bias in policing. One of those was a study done by at Washington State University, and it stated that 96% of nearly all white officers demonstrated implicit racial bias, with 78% strongly or moderately associating blacks with weapons and 0% associating whites with weapons. As I see it, law enforcement in this country has a rich history of racial bias and prejudice. It is clear from the research that African Americans here suffer oppression from our government and law enforcement, and this is nothing new. 
Our position in the global economy was purchased with the sweat and blood of slaves. For hundreds of years, we exploited black labor and grew our GDP. When finally our nation underwent a forced moral awakening and, and slavery was outlawed, it was and still is permitted under the loophole of criminal conviction, which lawmakers exploit with, the, with what is termed black codes back in the Jim, Co Jim Crow era. African-Americans were legally stripped of their freedom of assembly, of protection against unreasonable searches and seizures, the right to bear arms, to conduct commerce freely, to seek out education, to vote and own property. In a contemporary era, this tradition continued with marijuana prohibition in the drug war, redlining, stop and frisk, and anti-gang legislation. All of these laws developed to inhibit the constitutionally protected rights of black citizens. They have and continue to be infringed upon under a thinly veiled pretense of law and order. This evil has colligated over generations and could only have one result, disproportionate criminality in black communities. Many of the Southern vagrancy laws remained in force until the Supreme Court's uh, I can't say this name, somebody versus Jacksonville in 1972, we have not had even one single generation of truly free blacks in this country. When a population spends centuries being purposefully excluded from the ranks of law-abiding citizenry, can we really lay blame at the feet of those who choose to embrace that destiny forced upon them and their ancestors? Any claim that the disparity in policing is due to criminality of Black people in America is hollow and myopic. If you refuse to or cannot make the connection between all of these laws and the message Black Lives Matter, we can simply ask the police themselves. According to Pew Research, roughly six in 10 white cops and 58% uh, of Hispanic cops say that minorities and whites are treated about the same. But if you look at the flip side of that coin, that means that 39% of white and 32% of Hispanic cops will tell you straight up to your face that there is white privilege in policing. So I don't even know if I really need to go on after that. All of this is to say is not to lay, is not to lay blame at the feet of all the cops or at all white people. It is not to say that all white people do not suffer uh, as collateral results of these laws. The past is the past and it cannot be changed, but the systemic issues that our nation has created cannot be alleviated simply by changing the wording in some abstract law books or pretending that the concept of race doesn't exist anymore. The inequality under the law that has plagued the African-American community for, for centuries must be renumerated. If you want peace, produce justice. Either fairness is one of our shared values or it isn't. The fact is every single person killed by police was innocent by definition. In America, we are innocent until proven guilty. There is no excuse for the wanton use of lethal force in our country. No matter what color you are, be aware that this, that's simply because you are not currently the target of such nefarious government action, there is nothing stopping you from becoming that target as long as these systemic issues go unaddressed. If you truly love America and the freedom that we purport, recognize that black lives haven't mattered to our government for far, far, far too long of our history. Let us take a truly conservative stand together against tyranny. Like every human, our founding fathers were hypocrites, but on some level, they understood that when the people fear their government, there is tyranny, but when the government fears the people, there is liberty. I yield my time. We'll kick it over to Ninetales. Hi, yeah, so you're going to see a hybrid here of a written intro and an unwritten part. Uh, so first of all, I'd like to thank Kaz, um, my opponents, Smokey and Richard, and of course, James and the moderators in chat for doing such a great job. And to the audience, thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope tonight I can demonstrate the benefits which defunding the police offers to communities. If you sampled a portion of Black Lives Matter protester, you find that while a select few might actually support the police or wish to reform the policing system, just, just, and that's just it, 
The vast majority want to either defund or abolish the police. For those who think they are the same thing, let me assure you, they are not. Defunding implies reallocating funds and resources to agencies and professionals who are better trained to deal with things like conflict funds or uh, like conflict or crisis. For example, mental health intervention and help. My debate partner, Kaz, has already laid the foundation for the notion that systemic racism and policing are difficult to separate. And so I'm going to, there, uh, I'm going to lay the foundation for, uh, sorry, I'm going to contribute to this debate topic by talking about the alternatives to policing which BLM is proposing. Before a deep dive, I'd like to note two things. First is that BLM as a movement is not the first to make these assessments or suggest these alternatives. Second, abolition is the ex extreme form of action here. It's not just reallocating resources and funds, it's getting rid of the need for the police. It's delegitimatizing them. But its methods and alternatives show a better chance of, actual, of actually removing the roots of the problem and not just the weeds. For a deep dive, let's first take a look at the history of the police. The most relevant parts to policing in America are the British philosophers who had uh, are, are both the British philosophers who had an influence on the ideology of how policing should be done and the, and the actual timeline of how policing developed in America. Two, two notable names are worth talking about. Utilitarian Jer Jeremy Bentham, who called for a strong centralized but politically neutral police force for the, maintain for the maintenance of social order and for the protection of people uh, from crime and to act as a visible deterrent to urban uh, crime disorder. Then there is Sir Robert Peel, who based a lot of his ideologies on Bentham's uh, found prin uh, principles. He was twice Prime Minister of the UK, but when he put forth his famous doctrine, he was Home Secretary in 1822. Peel tried to make the police as distinct from the military as possible, so as to qualm public fears of authoritarian rule, but also had several other principles he, he espoused. One, every police officer should be issued a warrant card with a unique identification number to assure accountability for their actions. Whether the police are effective is not measured on the number of arrests, but on the deterrence, and that's number two. Number three is above all else, an effective authority figures, no trust and accountability are paramount. Hence, Peel's most often quoted principle is that the police are the public and the public are the police. Later, some of the higher ranking officials drafted an extended list and those instructions were given to each new officer of the Metropolitan Police Force, that's UK, starting in 1926. The list went as follows. To prevent crime and disorder, uh, well, this is what they're supposed to do, as an alternative to their repression by military force and severity of legal punishment. To recognize always that the power of the police, uh, this is number two, uh, is to fulfill their function and duties, which is dependent on public approval of their existence, actions and behavior, and on their ability to secure uh, and maintain public respect. To re number three is to recognize always that to secure and maintain the respect and approval of public means also securing the willing cooperation of the public in the task of, of securing observance of laws. Number four, to recognize that the extent to which the cooperation of the public can be secured diminishes proportionally the necessity of the use of physical force 
and compulsion for achieving uh, police objectives. Number five, to seek and preserve public favor, not by pandering to public opinion, but by constantly demonstrating absolutely impartial service to law and complete uh, independence of incomplete independence of policy and without regard to, to the justice or injustice of the subsistence of individual laws by ready offering of individual service and friendship to all members of the public without regard to their wealth or social standing, by ready exercising of courtesy and friendly good humor, and by ready, ready offering of individual sacrifice in protecting and preserving life. I'm not used to this old English grammar. A six, to use physical force only when, to only when the exercise of persuasion, advice, and warning is found to be insufficient to obtain public cooperation to an extent necessary to secure observance of law or to restore order, and to use only the minimum degree of physical force which is necessary on any particular occasion for achieving a police objective. Number seven, to maintain all at all times a relationship with the public that gives reality to the historic tradition that the police are the public and that the public are the police. The police being only members of the public who are paid to give full-time attention to duties which are incumbent on every citizen in the interests of the community uh, welfare and existence. Number eight, to recognize always the need for strict adherence to police executive functions and to refrain from even seeming to usurp the powers of the judiciary of avenging individuals or the states, and of authoritarily judging guilt or punishing the guilty. Number nine, to recognize always that the test of the police ef efficiency is the absence of crime disorder and not the visible evidence of police actions in dealing with these crimes. What I would like the audience to note is that the modern police, as testified to by the entire BLM movement, is not Pelian, that, that those are the uh, nine principles we just talked about, in its application perhaps some history on what early policing looked like in America would shed light onto why this is. <clears throat> in British North America, policing was initially provided by local elect uh, elected officials. For instance, the New York Sheriff's, Sheriff's Office was founded in 1626 and the Albany Company Sheriff's Department in the 1660s. In the colonial period, policing was provided by elective sheriffs and local militias. So we can see here that even this is British, so it probably started with the Pelian principles, but we're already getting to local militia, so we're getting away from that. In the 1700s, the province of Carolina, later North and South Carolina, established slave patrols in order to prevent slave rebellions and enslaved people from escaping. For example, by the 1785, the Charleston Guard and Watch had a distinct chain of command, uniforms, and sole responsibility for police uh, policing salary, authorized use of force, and a focus on preventing crime. In 1789, the United States Marshal Service was established, followed by other federal services such as the U.S. Parks Police and the U.S. Mint Police. The first city police services were established in Philadelphia in 1751. Uh, Richmond, Virginia in eight, 1807, Boston in 1838, and New York in 1845. The US Secret Service was founded in 1865 and was for some time the main investigative body for the uh, federal government. 
In the American Old West, law enforcement was carried out by local sheriffs, rangers, constables, federal marshals. There were also town mar marshals responsible for serving civil and criminal warrants, maintaining the jails, and carrying out arrests for petty crime. Now, the police are clearly oriented to demand... Oh, um, there was a brief moment in time where Pelian principles had a chance. And, and they fell to the wayside due to many other forms of police arising around the same time, not always founded on those ideals. It seems like the police are clearly or oriented to, not to simply serve the public, but to demand compliance and generate revenue. A study of three police departments in Sacramento, Maryland, and New Orleans found the police spend their time doing the following. At least one third of their time was spent responding to non-criminal calls. 13 to 19% was spent doing traffic work. Seven to 19% was, com was committed to what the study calls other crime. 12 to 14% was for property crime. Seven to 18% was for proactive policing, which is problematic. Maybe we'll get to that. Uh, and seven to nine was responding to medical emergencies, which includes mental health crime. Only 4% was responding to actual violent crime. Sorry. So with police budgets taking up about, oh, typically about 40% of the city's budgets and, and so much time and energy being put into solving crimes that aren't even criminal, it seems that at the very least, the funding is a viable method for getting people with real expertise on those various fields to actually deal with the problem instead of somebody who's not only trained, but are, it's not only equipped, but sometimes trained to escalate situations. And that is my time. Gotcha. Thanks so much. We will kick into the opening statements from the opposition. You can say the critics, Smokey and Richard, the floor is all yours. Hey, Smokey, I'm going to be pretty quick um, for the my opening. Do you care if I just take? Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. By all means, Dick, go right ahead. So uh, I want to make a two pronged argument here. Basically, first things first is BLM as an organization, the organization started, um, I believe in 2013. Um, the organization itself is a Marxist, a Marxist based, um, basically just uh, anarchy, uh, a bunch of raging anarchy filled um, leftists who don't have any idea what they're talking about. Um, they tend to uh, conflate actual um, black issues with, I don't know, uh, everything from LGBTQ issues to uh, class issues to uh, stuff that uh, involves white people. There are white LGBTQ um, people that need uh, protection and their lives matter just as much. But for some reason, this organization wants to exclude people and it's going to ineb inevitably alienate a portion of the population. And what BLM is doing is driving a wedge between black and blacks and whites in this country for no reason. All, you know, under the guise of black lives um, to push some Marxist agenda. It's just ridiculous. Um, 
demonizing the police is not going to help anyone. If anything, black communities need more police um, need. Well, let me state, I am not saying that the police as they they are currently are perfect by any means. I'm I can't wait to go into all the ideas that I have about police reform, but the idea that all cops are bastards, a cab, which is a slogan, like it they they might as well put it on banners for BLM, um, is is not going to help. You know heal this racial divide in America. And lastly, policing. Um, police in America, one, policing in America did not originate from, you know, slave catchers. I want to make that clear. Policing, the first police departments were established in Boston and New York. When was slavery ever happening in New York or Boston. So it just, it startles me that there's this false narrative that just gets driven um, day in and day out by uh, members of BLM. And I'm just, I want to refute as much of it as I can. And that's my time. Floor is all yours, Smokey. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you, James. And thank you, Dick. Thanks for that. All right. Well, good evening, all. And thank you for being here. Not that I needed to give leftists another reason to want to cancel me. But here I am to tackle another socially controversial topic. I hope that it is enlightening and thought provoking to all. Thanks to both my partner and our opponents for their participation in this important talk. Since this is a tag team debate and one I agreed to do on relatively short notice with minimal preparation, I will try to keep my base case streamlined. BLM activists have made it a priority to tell us that the biggest threat to unarmed black men in this country is the result of institutional racism or oppressive policing. I am certainly one of those that has hoped for many years to come to see reform in law enforcement. And with the tragedy of George Floyd, I was expecting this important conversation to take place and that we would all use our rationality to push for the most common sense solution to the perceived issues of police enforcement. And that would be what I would call transparency. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is transparency that breeds accountability. And this is what is needed across the board. No one can seem to see behind the thin blue line for many years. And this has bred distrust and public animosity. The feeling of us versus them has been reinforced by both proactive and passive narratives on both sides of this debate. And I personally think this has really muddied the waters of communication on this vital topic. To me, based upon the statistics of ridiculously increased crime and death in the urban centers since the quote unquote defund the police narrative was pushed, it has been simple to see that BLM has done far from bring any policy changes that have actually helped save innocent black lives. Constantly pushing the narrative of police violence while ignoring the deluge of non-police violence is like worrying about the mouse in the kitchen while the elephant destroys the living room. The narrative pushed by BLM is that police are the reason so many African-Americans have increased police contact. The narrative never considers if the crime statistics show that African-Americans have a higher propensity of police contact due to a higher propensity to commit violent crimes. And because of this, the conversation is always focused around the problem solvers instead of the problems themselves, which I believe come from a severe deviation of cultural moral norms where deviance and 
social disrespect is both normative and encouraged. It is no fallacy that in all the areas where there has been a decreased police presence, sky, uh, crime skyrockets. Are these cities and urban centers more safe for black lives since BLM has pushed its defund the police narrative? I hardly think so. Increases in shootings and deaths as much as 150% in some areas and people dying as police are afraid to even show up to calls lest they face personal or legal retribution for simply trying to do their jobs. The atmosphere that BLM has ushered into the social sphere is both dangerous and toxic for everyone, even innocent honor black men like David Dorn. The number of unarmed black men shot by police in a year is not only far less than the number of unarmed whites shot by police every year, even though the African-American racial demographic shows a statistical disproportionate tendency to violent crimes. Aside from this, one could argue that many deaths happen in custody that aren't shootings. Fair enough, but try to use this vague anecdote to back this argument is flawed from the start. There is something that is normative enough in the law enforcement and medical field where it has been given a name, and it has much to do with how the actions of police officers and medical professionals can be perceived. This thing, and also might I add, is pretty intrinsically essential in digesting the controversial case of George Floyd himself. This thing is called sudden custody death syndrome. This is something that is known in the medical and law enforcement field and is even part of preparatory training for many of those entering public service. In short, this is a real situation where those who are contacted and restrained by police or medical professionals can undergo instant death in custody. To summarize, from MedicEd.com Incorporated on this subject, who provides accredited courses for medics in the field, uh, this states causes of sudden custody death syndrome. A growing body of documented experiences, autopsy results, and data compiled by various sources supports the theory that many in-custody death deaths are not the result of a single cause, but a cascade of multiple factors that is often set in motion long before law enforcement ever gets involved. Physicians and medical examiners have ascribed these tragedies to cocaine intoxication, restraint slash positional asphyxia, and metabolic acidosis. Positional or restraint asphyxia, the most common type of sudden death in custody deaths, and excited delirium syndrome. When does sudden, death, uh, sudden custody death syndrome occur? When a subject encounters a violent police encounter. A subject is restrained during the violent encounter while also under the influence of psychiatric medication, alcohol, or illicit drugs. The simple fact is, if you put yourself in a position where you are under the influence of heavy narcotics in public, you run a high risk of instigating contact with law enforcement. And if that happens, you already have a higher propensity of death from warped biochemistry added to stress and restraint. You are very much taking your life into your own hands with this public behavior, yet oddly, it always seems to be the responders that are being blamed. And this is one of the things that we rarely consider or factor into our consideration of how complex the digestion of these situations should be. And with that, I yield. We will kick it into open discussion mode. Want to let you know a quick announcement. Folks, if you have not seen it, all of our debates are also on podcasts. So if you can't find us on your favorite podcast app, let us know. We'll work hard to get on there so that you can listen to debates there, to debates there as well. And 
Also forgot to mention, if you happen to have a question, feel free to fire it into the live chat. We'll do roughly 50 minutes of open conversation and then go into the Q&A. So the floor is all yours, everybody. Thanks so much. So yeah, thanks everybody for those introductions. Uh, I just wanted to ask uh, first and foremost, uh, citation that BLM is Marxist at all? The uh, co-founder, I think her name is, Patri what is it, Patrice? Uh, yeah, Patrice Colors. Um, she said in an interview openly, we are trained Marxists. We are um, trained organizers. This is bigger, this is bigger than police brutality against African-Americans. This is, it's bigger than that for them. And so like, you're sure that this is an exact quote? 100%. Um, I, I mean, I can go find you that exact no, no, quote from the uh, from I, the I can argue it anyways. Um, so do you think that she was saying that they're like, they're using Marxism to guide BLM ideology? Or do you think she was just saying that, you know, they tend to be Marxists because they're on the left. They are trained Marxists. I mean, yes, you so, could so, argue that you're saying that what you're saying is that the leaders themselves as individuals are Marxists. The organization as a whole does not have to be Marxist because they are. There's no Marxist right. ideology instilled in what Black Lives Matter does even. Where is the Marxism? The bigger the bigger picture, though, is a Marxist. They envision a uh, a Marx never really talked about this stuff. He talked about how the police are like an enforcement for the arm of capitalism, but that's about it. So, yeah, doesn't... but exactly their their aim is to bring down the American uh, like foundation or the American structure and the American economy, which they perceive as an evil. I don't think that that's likely. I think it's way more likely that people were formed a grassroots organization for the reasons that most people make grassroots organizations, which is that- But is something it a grassroots organization? It's being- well, let, me it's let me finish. Uh, it's, it's people who see a problem as a community. It's, it's a collective agreement of what the problem is, and they collectively want a solution. And they seem to collectively agree that trying to be peaceful wasn't working for them since uh, 2015. Um, if I may interject, um, I, I, it's bizarre to me because like, isn't the idea of pushing for a Marxist type of system would be to have a non-centralized or non-government enforced police structure. It would, it would be rolled by the people. It would basically be a militia, which seems to be what they're pushing and what you're also pushing, which seems just to be because also there are Marxist. Parallels against the authoritarian measures. Well, that, but if that's what we're using to say it's Marxist, it, I don't know why you're having an issue with it being called Marxist. Because it's because it's, that's, not even, so. that's not even Marxism. That's just having the same end goals that, by chance. <laughs> There's no Marxist ideology actually oh, influencing. The problem is, is I'm just using their words. It well, doesn't matter what I You're using a quote think. and applying a lot of conjecture to it. Like typically speaking, well, it's we, way more plausible that a bunch of people are coming together for an organic grassroots reason than the conspiracy that's more convenient to you. May I interject real quick? I mean, it's it's I not just, a conspiracy. It's their mission may statement. May, may I just say something real quick? Um, isn't the police already a socialist organization inherently? No. Aren't they? I mean, uh, are you no, saying I mean, just because it's publicly funded, it's yeah. a it's a social? <laughs> Come on. Stop. Okay, explain to me why not. Explain to me why not, please. 
it's a very juvenile way of looking at it. So is the military a socialist organization as well? Of course, yes. So, go ahead, Smokey. Well, no, I, I was just, in the military. It's, it functions very socialistically. Well, I, I mean, in the sense, yeah, so, so, I'm so not sure I, where I mean, you're drawing that comparison because to me, like, that would be require the people to have kind of the controlling authority over the system as opposed to it being controlled by elitist or bureaucrats. Like, like people, like, we do have instances where we vote sheriffs, but we don't vote every person in position in the police force like it's not like it's democratically controlled at that point i might yield to it of being more of a socialistic perspective but if you're trying would, to would you be against line, that would yeah. you be against that yeah i think that's against the people what about like a because i don't like think a, the majority no, referendum I don't think the majority of the public is equipped to be making those types of specific decisions of who should serve. That's going to turn that into a political type of position when it should be earned upon merit. Look, we could all agree that police reform is something that's been essential in this country. The question is whether or not the narratives that's been pushed has actually been helpful. I contend it absolutely has not. I say it's is been the narrative toxic and dangerous Marxist? And well, that was, well, I'm going to let him talk about really, that. Quick, that really quick that, so. i'm just i'm just curious their executive director who is patrice colors is the one who stated we are trained marxists they, is, they is that have, the executive they want director? to they, on, heard you say on, this right so i just want to ask on is that their, the executive on their website on, of ahead. all blm or is it just a specific chapter of blm of the Black Lives Matter, I believe they call themselves, it's the Black Lives Matter uh, Network, the World Net Network or whatever it is. The official organization that's not where even all like, of, that's yes, not the Black of Lives Matter Global Network. The, My bad. The Black Lives Matter Global Network, where all of the money that gets donated from all of these companies goes to. That is the organization I am talking about, the one that funds all of the projects that the 22 chapters mm -hmm. of Black Lives Matter around the country does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like that's definitely not the Black Lives Matter movement that you're seeing on the ground at all. And you definitely can't point to any specifically Marxist inspired demands or ideologies that are driving Black Lives I Matter. You have can. this one anecdote and a bunch of conjecture you're trying to make from it because you can't actually prove this in all reality. I think decentralizing the police force is definitely a Marxist demand. I'm sorry. You you just want to say, well, it happens. When did Marx similar. ever call for that? When did I'm, Marx call I'm for saying that decentralization of any type of police network is very Marxist. I mean, you, That's you just your conjecture. That That's just something okay, you're attributing well, to Marxism at your own. You keep saying it's conjecture, but you're not refuting the point. You all already agreed with it. That you're making, a, you're making an A plus B okay. equals, equals well, G Now situation. you're backpedaling because earlier you said it aligned, but as you said, well, it's causational. That doesn't necessarily, that just happens to be the case. No, it's so coincidental. Earlier, it's not even causational. Okay, so you agree it's something that ends up being pushed with but a Marxist that specific narrative. thing. The criticism of police. By the is way, why lies. are we focusing on this? Why don't we? I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for this to be the focus. Believe me, I want to get into the police. Let's let's talk about the idea that maybe you guys are pushing for a militia-based enforcement agency. Why don't you guys maybe uh, elaborate on that a little bit for us to to look into? My understanding true. is that the idea of defunding the police is more about uh, coming up with alternatives, not not just some militia or some mob type uh, 
enforcement, but more just, you know, things that are specifically geared towards mental health calls, specifically geared towards uh, uh, any... I can't even think of anything else, but you know, mental health is a great example. When you have a person who's having a mental health crisis, uh, being confronted with people with guns isn't probably going to be the best way to de-escalate that situation. Wouldn't you agree? Is that the typical situation? Is that the MO? I, I can I can actually testify to that. That's that makes that's a, that's a very unsettling thing when you know that you're unstable and vulnerable at that moment. Okay. So how do they know when they're supposed to send the armed men and when they're supposed to send the unarmed men? And what is the well, who, difference in nobody's training? Nobody's saying that they have to be unarmed. I'm not saying that people so should, then, should be. So then they're cops. Go, then they're cops. So what <laughs> is the difference then? So what's well, the, their training can be different. Their training can be more geared towards Why can't the cops just have that same training? Yeah, the cops have the I don't know. Why can't we? Why the has it been so many years? Why have we had so many years, so many deaths, so much drama and destruction before somebody says, oh, yeah, let's train the cops to do something other than shoot people? Can I, can I, I just one more thing? Is that like what a mental health professional, whether or not they have a gun, is trained to do is to deal with mental health, not deal with nonviolent crime, not... To, to, uh, you do traffic stops, not do all these other things. They have that gun to protect them, not even to coerce people into cooperating like the police do. It's simply there in case things do get violent. And frankly, there's no reason that that social worker couldn't then call a police officer who is there for the violent situations. So if the violent, they get there and the violent situation is happening, then they have to call someone else and wait for someone else to arrive because they notice it's a violent situation. So the person who's there to possibly we solve the violent situation is one step behind, which means the violent situation will most likely transpire. So how in the living actual hell is that well, a solution? Well, if they get a call for a mental health crisis, considering that only 4% of the calls police get are, are about violent crimes, they can assume it's probably not going to be violent unless there are other things that maybe might be in the call whoa, for whoa, 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 different whoa, signs whoa, that might appear when they arrive. Whoa. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a valid statistic. From 4%. where? Four percent. Uh, Washington Post. <laughs> it's titled. Or, Steve... I bet you a million dollars. It's it's that they're charged that at the end of it all they are charged with a violent crime. What are you talking about? I'm saying that You're that saying... statistic sounds insane. Is what I'm saying, and I, I think I would need a little more clarification on that reference of exactly what that what that source is saying, because that sounds off. So f I have to bring it I'm... bring it up again. I didn't keep it up in my tabs. Can you restate it? So maybe I misheard. Well, it was in my introduction. So let me let me just. Uh, so no, 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 uh, the stat that you did. Oh, okay. Yeah, only four per only four percent of police across the three cities that were studied, which were. Um, Sacramento, Maryland, and New Orleans were responding to actual violent crime. And this was from I mean, the period For of... instance, so, the, the, the Tamir Rice case, like you heard the, uh, the 911 call, the, the, the person who called the police even described the situation as possibly being a toy gun, probably not being that big of an issue, and yet the police rolled up on him and shot him within seconds. Yeah, poor communication, I agree. That was terrible. That was horrendous. Yeah. That was awful. And that was a failure. That was absolutely a justified point of a failure of policing. 
And that's so something that's an that, example where we can train the cops to do something other than but the, but coming bro, gun blazing. you can't change really an entire social you know uh, policy system based upon an out anecdotal instance. If we were doing well, that I mean, for at people this point, on, we have if we were doing that for everyone at every racial demographic, we would we would basically have no police. The fact of the matter is, we cannot uh, expect perfection of these people, and this is what you guys are requiring. Minute, You're basically saying the problem the problem isn't solved until every we want accountability appears yes yeah, I, I agree i agree and how do we get that transparency bro All pushing right. for the Smokey, right things do you we're gonna, the let's be sure Wait. we get everybody uh get I, yield. I yield i'll give up uh smoky and richard do you think that with greater power demands greater responsibility for those people with the power 100 percent. we're not saying it doesn't where we do want police and the ones that are that failed to do their jobs to be held accountable, but your definition of, you know, failing at their jobs is often quite often uh, incorrect. Well, actually there's another statistic that shows, uh, and I'm gonna have to find that too, but shows that like for even something like homicides, only 60% are solved and most other like less severe crimes have even worse uh, rates. So. I really would like to see you show that. Like, you know why that is? Well, let me just remind you of the Pelian principle. The Pelian principle I referred to in my uh, introduction specifically stated not to measure the police based on how many interactions they have, but by the amount of crime and the lack of it. So I personally wouldn't try to argue that they're not doing a great job unless I could show that, you know, there's an increase in, in crime, which there seems to be. Would you guys agree that um, in order to live in a free society and maintain that freedom and uh, deter tyranny that we should give, we should not give benefit of the doubt to the people who have the power to abuse us? Again, bro, I, like you heard You're, me say you this were, in my, no, you heard me say this in my opening that I think the key factor, the key thing to push for to actually solve part of this issue is the thing that's been the problem the whole line. It's this issue of transparency with the thin blue line, the us versus them, the cops, the cops saying to the bad cops, we want to protect the bad cops when they make a mistake because we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. The society doesn't because of this division that's been caused by a narrative on both sides. Yeah, bro. We got lots of problems. That's why we need to have these conversations. That's why I said in my opening, the big way to solve this, the big first step for me is not defund the police. It's transparency. It's, yeah, it's body cams everywhere. People knowing exactly what, what they're doing. And that it seems like we stuff. have a lot more, we have a lot more uh, common ground than I thought before we came into this debate. And I think that if we could just calm ourselves and just kind of, be a little bit less contentious that's with each fair other. i get actually have i've had some call uh, a more productive discussion because like that statement that you just made sounds pretty damn reasonable to me can i just can i comment towards why black lives matter is not uh settling for reform typically um for them like if we say that like reform works that's fine but how who it works for and how quickly is going to vary greatly across different racial groups so reforming for police is probably going to help everybody at about the same rate. Um, I, I can't really analyze it that well to say how it's going to work, but it, it, it contrasts to abolition and defunding, 
which would help black communities more, especially the defunding, because ideally social programs are what are needed in place of whatever problems are keeping these communities and the problems that they're stuck in. So the reason that like Black Lives Matter is the slogan is because they're saying the, the rate at which these black lives are dying is what necessitates something better than reform. They waited between 2015 and 2019 for reform. They protested relatively peacefully considering how things are now. And they proved that they don't have time for peaceful protests. The change isn't gonna come fast enough to actually save black lives. Really quick, their biggest contention is with unarmed black men being shot by police. Can you tell me how many unarmed black men were that's shot not by their biggest contention in 2019. By the way. That's just like the it's, biggest it, that, that it's that's the, the biggest one that source drives, that's cited yeah. to justify what's wrong. It's the wrong. one that uh justifies all the riots. I'm just curious. Justifying all the riots? The riots if anything are people who are angry. Uh, I'm just curious. Can you AI, tell me The riots are not funded you, by statistics or facts. They're funded by anecdotes. Okay, you mm -hmm. get not funded by anything. You get an excuse yes, me. They are. Excuse me. You get a narrative thrown out into the public that's propagated by the media, which of course also leans left, which I'm sure you people love. And it happens to always push this type of, of narrative that this this instance that occurred, oh, look how horrible all of the police are because of this anecdotal monstrous instance that just occurred with very limited data and perspective of what actually occurred, and all of a sudden everyone's just running with the narrative. And this is what happens okay yes you do understand really quick you, you do understand that george so, floyd was an anecdote yeah we do you understand. do understand okay. that correct okay so if then, i could if i could respond that, that, if i could finish what i was going to say originally about the riots like riots are an organic thing that people do when they're mad and there's nothing they can do about that anger whether or not the riots are happening <laughs> does not reflect on the ideology of black, black lives matter agency. But uh, to answer your question, Richard, but where uh, have you seen somebody saying percent. Sorry, I was going to answer Richard's question. 14.8% uh, of the black people that were shot by police. No, no, no. Were how many? How compared many? To, no, no, I don't have no. the how exact many? number. I just have that state statistic here. This is from a study. 19. I don't have the number, the, the physical, the, the per capita number or anything like that. Just the 14.8%, which is more than the 9.4% of the white people and the 5.8% of the Hispanic. Victims. And really quick, of the, and those 19 it, most of those, almost all, were justified shoots still. So I'm just, I, I'm curious as to how this is such an epidemic and it deserves it, it, that we justify rioting. Yeah, that's, because that's the problem mad. is that you're strawmanning the entire mad. movement. You're strawmanning the entire movement because it's not just that. That is what people are rallying around. That is what make, make, is making people mad enough to mobilize. What they are actually mad about is the systemic violence and the fact that, the, the, that they're constantly being targeted by police. What? All, those other, talking you, points, no all those other talking points. All those other talking points are the ideology. Is, that's not happening. That's non-existent. Why is and no one can mad about five hundred to you. Why is no one mad about 500 murders in Chicago to date this year, right now, that have That's a different subject. How, That's how a different subject. people that? shot last weekend. 64 people shot last week. Yeah. That's that a different subject. No. It's a totally no. different subject. Yeah, no, it's I not. Know. It's, it's exactly the same. elephant in the living room while you guys are yelling about the mouse in the kitchen. Yeah, I know it's a different topic. That's what you guys always say. Yeah, no, there it's were an more issue. It Hold shows on. a what propensity. Your, let's hear from uh, Ninetales and Kaz. Because the fact is, every American citizen 
is innocent until proven guilty. Every time a policeman shoots anybody, they're killing an innocent person. That's something to be outraged because we live in a country what? where liberty is tantamount. So you're saying when someone's pointing a gun at you, they're innocent at that point, saying like they're ready to shoot you and that's innocence to you? Yes, yes, that is the fact of our constitution. What are you talking wow, about? Wow, bro. So the cops yeah. are Do you think that nobody has ever impersonated a police officer before? Do you think that nobody's ever impersonated a police officer? You just. I'm afraid that I have, I have, they can't hear you, friends. I have muted you. So what we are going to do is we're going to reset. Just take a deep breath. You're still muted. I'm so sorry. One sec. Is uh, Let's kick it over to, I think this time we'll go over to Smokey and Richard. And if you can keep it short and pithy, Smokey, just because I know that sometimes you talk fast and a lot is said and everybody has to be able to respond to all the points. So we'll kick it over to Smokey and Richard. The floor oh. is all yours. I'll let I'll let Dick chime in here. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Uh, no, I re I really just don't know what to say. It, to for you to believe that police for you to believe that police officers do not have the right to defend their lives when a someone threatens them with a gun. A, a, a lethal weapon of any kind or by reaching for that police officer's gun I, I don't know how you expect to keep law and order in a society without um the enforcers being able to like protect themselves well, the problem totally would be to protect themselves because i gotta ask you something i gotta ask you yes something. we are talking about protecting themselves with... i'm okay with them protecting themselves because can i yeah. just said Go ahead. Cause, okay, so so I got I to gotta make this a little bit personal with respect to you and, of course, to your family. But I imagine if you had someone break into your home and hold a knife to one of your family members' throats and the police officer came in because you had called that there was something violent happening in your house and the police officer shot that person, would you say, oh, how dare you, police officer? You shot an innocent man. Can I please? Of course. Can please answer that, Kaz? Go ahead. Yeah, so, like... This isn't an issue of whether or not the criminal is actually a criminal or as to whether or not uh, killing is the only way to get rid of them. The issue is that the police in these situations have all the power to kill people. They have backup. They have all the things that the person that they're supposedly afraid of doesn't. Um, they have a lack of accountability, which we've, I guess we've already agreed needs to change. But in all of these things that surround the details of that, of that murder is what they're actually mad about they're like black lives matter isn't coming out and saying the police are literally never justified in shooting anybody i don't think i've ever heard any of that although i will point out that if we defund the police and put them in less situations where they might say escalate things with their presence or sometimes their controlling behavior then maybe this would happen less just organically Statistical fact: defunding the police increases Black people's deaths. That's just that's no, just doesn't. how it is. Yes, it no. does. You, you people are you pushing for, on for more onslaught yeah. of, of death. Yes. You have a study on that? I, I have multiple sources that I could pull and send to you guys. I do not have them on me right now, but yes, I, I there's, been, there's been there's so been increases there's been increases in death, shootings, and murders. Um, if, just look at from between oh, so 2019 and 2020. That stat. Can I can I finish, please? But, that, but there's that's a problem with this already. Can I finish, please? Because I'm about to give you a stat that you people keep asking me for. Okay, right, so, settle on. Hold on, you're just a bit loud, so you're you're close to bumping up on the top of the volume. We're gonna kick okay, it over sorry. to Smokey, but Smokey, I need you to be 
short and sweet, sure. and then we're going to kick over to Nine Tails and Cast for a while. Uh, 364 deaths as of uh, last year, 2019. Now up to 500 deaths. This is just a stat from Chicago. Number of shootings and deaths in uh, Minneapolis up 140 to 150 percent recently since. Which the is also the result of systemic so racism. I yield. Go ahead. I yield. I'm just curious. Do you really? Can you provide me any study that shows that there's a reduction in crime when police are removed from an area? Well, that that's the whole basis to which experts advocate for it. Like they literally talk about how when you just defund the police, but you kind of just give that money back to city council and don't tell them to do anything with it. You do get that increase in murders and stuff like that. But when you allocate, reallocate those resources, to social services and then actually get them to be the people who are responding, it's different. I, I actually can't find the study. I tried looking for it earlier today that I saw that said this. Uh, it was more like an article that went, it was more like a meta-analysis. But yeah, experts routinely cite the fact that when the funding is done properly, it helps avoid these situations. So that's what I had, that's the problem I had with Smokey's uh, study is that he'd need to vouch for the fact that the stat that that what that the samples taken actually followed the demands that Black Lives Matter has, which is not just to defund the police; it's to defund the police and reallocate those resources to better responses. It, the, yeah, but you know the problem is it, it, that throwing it up in the air of quote unquote better responses, when no one can actually put a name on what that is or what yes, that we looks can. like. Easy. You guys, you guys haven't even been able. I already to, have one thing. He says guns. You say no guns. You say special training. He says special training. That's well, fine. We're just saying having. Well, training, do we all agree to special fine. training? Well, yeah, dude. But the thing is, everything you've mentioned is something that cops are really are already implored to do. And the only thing you can present and that's is why creating, they're overworked. And the only thing you both can present is an extra layer of separation between the people that are potentially armed and the ones that aren't. Which that is sounds all, great. Which is, so hold on. Which okay, is hold just on a second. to let hold me on finish. You're gonna get a lot of people killed, man. Let okay, me finish, finish. And I want to ask you a question. Just so you have the chance to let the violent thing have more opportunity, more time to actually transpire while we're waiting for the second layer of responder to arrive who's actually able to deal with it. All you guys are doing is creating a nightmarish social situation of increased risk for the sake of what? You guys haven't even really described right. it well enough to me. Go Short ahead. And sweet. Okay, so I have a question for you. Say one thing before, and I'll, I'll make sure you get to ask your question. Yeah, considering that again, four percent of police res uh, res respond responses are to violent crime, I'm, and that way more are to like mental health calls. Uh, I, I think it just cleanly makes sense. It's just obvious common sense that maybe it's better for mental health professionals who aren't trained in various war-like tactics to deal with these people, because their their job is to de-escalate, rather than you know, leaving that up to people who are trained to be violent. Sorry, Kaz. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. How do you uh, draw yeah, a content? What is the connection between guns and the Black Lives Matter uh, killings that are touted in the news? Like, which of these which mean? of these victims of police shootings were armed? Were any of them armed? Of the ones that spark these riots? Yeah, of all the ones that sparked the riots, who was Jacob armed? Jacob Blake Rice was had armed. Toy gun. Jacob Blake was. Oh, armed. you want to do, do? Oh, do you want to do all of these? Because we can do all of these. Uh, yeah, Tamir Rice was also, I believe. Uh, yeah, toy gun. Five eleven. 
he was 5'11", 6'2", with a toy gun that looked and real, black, and so that he makes pointed him at the cop. And he, no, we, but we live but in a country him, where carrying it makes, guns it is makes legal. him look like a grown Open man. Open carry is legal. Him, he was shorter than the cop car. I he saw the pointed video. it at the cop. What do you? Did he? Because I didn't see that in the video. I didn't see that in the video. What, what, what? He turns around. He pointed it at the gun. With the gun. <laughs> what is the Even when they rolled up assume? on him from nowhere? It doesn't, my Lord, it does not matter. If Seriously. somebody points a gun at a police officer, the police officer is not, uh, does not have, have to wait for them to shoot him or them or her. Um, this narrative them to take is going to to bolster the uh, anti-gun people out there that want to outlaw weapons for the general citizenry. You're bolstering that position. I hope you know that. Smokey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, so, uh, like, if, if whenever the cops say somebody has, has a weapon, do you just take that for granted because it's more convenient to you, or do you actually, like, try to discern if that person actually had a weapon, you know? Is, do you just lick the boots right off the bat? Does it matter that we are allowed to have weapons in America because we're Americans? What's happening? Um, yeah, well, no, uh, sure, we're allowed to have weapons. And I think that um, the idea of some uh, receiving a call of someone with a weapon, yeah, it needs to be taken seriously. They didn't but even not... go after the right person. Hold they on, went after the wrong person, so how does that call relate to him? Well, I, I, okay, uh, remind me, I'm sorry, we must be Hold talking on. about a very specific yeah, anecdote once Jacob, again, Jacob which is, Blake. of course, the foundation of this entire stinking debate. So which anecdote you are don't we want to discuss Jacob now? Blake. Do you really want to die on the hill of Jacob Blake? I mean, planting evidence and weapons on, on suspects is very common <laughs> for the police, so I think it's something worth talking about. There were there were 80, like 18 people around when that happened. Okay. They were just, they threw a knife down there on the floorboards. He, he no, wasn't he, screaming. Wait a minute, so he had a weapon in his knife. hands or what? He, what? Where do you have a weapon? Yeah, he had, Where was the weapon? He, had, he either had a weapon on him or it was on his the floorboard of the driver's side and he was but saying he didn't have it. i'm gonna Hold get on my side. knife you can hear him say i'm gonna I get not, my knife no, or i'm no you might have heard that in your own I, head but no really no. <laughs> not in my own head i'm yeah i'm just making up facts i'm yeah i'm curious um, i'm curious did he what why was jacob blake there so actually, I have a better question. Uh, if Jacob Blake no, was no, going no, to no, get no. his Answer knife, no, let me. No, no, I have a much better question. If Jacob Blake was going to get his knife, why didn't the cops just stay the fuck away from him? If they did that, then they wouldn't have had to shoot him out of self-defense. Because there were three kids in the back seat of that vehicle. He wasn't going to stab his own it. kids. No, I didn't that's say that he was going to stab him. I didn't say that he was going to stab no, him. The cops had no reason to shoot him then. He would get in his car and drive away. He was That's wanted fine. on- The cops can follow him. They don't need to shoot him to, uh, to force sec. him we to do, be compliant. He had to, a felony let each person warrant. Finish. So can I ask you something? He had a felony warrant. That's why they were- How did they wouldn't up. have known that? They had no yes, way of they knowing that. Know that. They did know that. So they just they, read, they just read his line and knew he had a warrant. That's amazing. How did they do that? No. Oh my word. Do you, you have no understanding of police. So how, how did they know he had so a warrant? They, can I explain to you how this works then? If you really I'm don't understand, sure you, you there, was a, there was a 911 call. The dispatcher relays it to the, the responding unit. That okay. dispatcher told them the name Jacob Blake. How did and the told him, know the name? Hold on, we've got to let him finish. Because the 911 caller was the woman that Jacob Blake had just sexually assaulted. 
sexual but then how did she i thought you just said it was a weapons call or were you referring no, to something else no it wasn't else? a weapon you have okay you don't know the fact well we were talking case. about the jacob blake thing no, 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 no. said what if it's a weapons call so i figured you know anyways no, no hold so, on no 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 you, so, so you were point, just talking he, out of your hilarious. ass you don't know anything about jacob that blake. guy wasn't even the guy they were after how are you forgetting this they went after the wrong person when they got there what do you no they didn't yes they did <laughs> they, they got a call for jacob blake who had just sexually assaulted a woman it, prove it that they got a call for jacob in. blake i dare you to prove that good luck we have I'm not sure maybe i'm not sure five maybe I'm, five to ten I'm, minutes before q a i i i really can't believe you're trying to defend jacob blake and then also trying to have this discussion when you clearly have the, the no clearly idea have the facts of that him, case and followed no they couldn't until... have they no, tried to finish. chase him finish. twice the police don't get to do. shoot let me finish because the police don't get to shoot somebody just because they're not compliance okay so just because jacob blake had a warrant and just because he might have been going for a weapon doesn't mean that they got to shoot him he, he could have driven away they could have followed him they actually do this quite a bit in and endanger the lives of those kids yeah okay they weren't endangered. Let's hear he, from he Kaz was... soon. Okay, I want to just kind of take a second here because when this whole thing started, when I heard your uh, opening statements, there were some points that made me think that we could have some kind of agreement here and maybe do something constructive here. So I want to ask you guys, um, are you in favor with mandating police body cams? Yes, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. Okay, so that's something that we can totally solidly agree on. No more discussion on that. Okay, uh, would you agree that there should be some kind? What 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 would what would be the uh, the accountability or the punishment for a policeman who's found turning off his body cam or, you know, doing something else to deliberately uh, inhibit our ability? Case to by case happens. scenario. But yeah, worst I, case worst case scenario, how... what would you say ha should happen? Well, what where someone ended up dying because of it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then then there's going to have to be prosecution, That's... investigation, stuff like okay. that. That's a just like handle it like any other murder. Yeah, exactly. Would you would you guys be in favor of some kind of educational minimum for police officers? Of course. They Dude, already all, have that. Yeah. They already, have, they already that. have that. And we're all for looking at ideas where increasing the, I would say, tolerable threshold of who's chosen to take the position. And I would even agree that you perhaps need to pay the them standards. More. Yeah. Per, well, perhaps the standards of what's required of them haven't quite been aligned properly for, for, for many a years. And so maybe there is a, a necessity for things that have been missing from the equation. And I'm willing to discuss that. Things like um, uh, personal counseling or making sure that there's regular psychiatric evaluations, things like this that maybe aren't necessarily normative, I think are absolutely feasible and justifiable. This defund the police in general because we just want something better, but we can't tell you what it is. This is just pure sophist garbage. Okay, Let's would you be in favor of taking some of that funding that we already give the police and using that to specifically train cops to de-escalate situations first? Absolutely. Well, for, but yes, they already, but they already, they already that. focus it's, that. Yeah. They focus on that all the time. So should, 
Yeah, should should police that fail in that based upon reviews of body cam footage be put up to reprimand and retraining based upon uh, that exact type of scenario? Yes, absolutely. Should, if they show a lack of an ability to uh, de-escalate situations or they're noticed by their sergeant or um, a commanding officer to do so, yes, bro. And these are the types of conversations we should be having, not what's been being pushed in the narrative. And this is why it's toxic and it's dangerous and it's endangering all of us. And this is why we need to evolve this conversation or we're all screwed well the, the conversation yeah. it, evolves when you when you pretend that like you know reform is an actual solution for black communities i'm pretty sure they would be fine with that if that actually worked well, but they've kind of gone from suggesting that well you to know more, what to more well, recently on, really suggesting quick. defunding because it didn't work for them and yeah this well defunding isn't okay. working either see yeah no if, I, if i can really if i can really quick one, they are calling for one, some of them are calling for the abolishment of the police across the board, which I won't straw man you, but, but there are some people that are calling for the abolishment. That's even that more too. ridiculous. But okay, but really quick, the defund the police movement, the problem with it is all of the um, police reforms that I would advocate for require more funding for these police departments. So by screaming at the top of your lungs, defund the police, whether or not th there's okay. nuance to that, whether or not there's nuance to that, you are not helping the movement or, or helping the cause. I have really great news because when you defund the police and give them fewer jobs that they have to respond to, they get to you don't need as many police. You don't need as many money put into training them. You don't need as many money put into investigating and reprimanding their, their misactions. You, you now have, you now, you've actually taken a huge chunk of the budget put into policing costs and reallocated it somewhere else. So these, these extra costs that might come to the reforms that are needed afterwards are totally viable. Okay, but I want to test one more point of agreement. Crime increase. That is going to happen when you remove these cops. You can't say for sure it's going to happen. Oh, I 100% can. I'll point you to a Princeton study. Yeah, uh, and so with the methodology, more cops, they specifically, less yeah, and I'm just going to tell you right now, I've seen this study with the methodology, they didn't specifically follow defunding actions that followed the advice of actually reallocating it and making responders into social worker, social workers and stuff like that. So the fact, the fact that they just look at broad defunding doesn't actually speak to what Black Lives Matter is demanding. Okay, I, have, I want to test one more point of agreement. Do you guys agree that we should end the drug war? Yes. Okay, because if we end the drug war, then a lot of funding that we use for policing drugs would no longer be necessary for that, I, and we could use it for other things. You could, yep, I, I agree with you, and I, I would be 100% on board with uh, like decriminalization of, of drugs or you know, most drugs, that way we're not um, backlogging police with petty crime such as drug use. Um, okay, well, I've got three really points quick, of agreement from you guys. I feel like we won, all of us, so. I, I mean, well, no, hold on. But the, the problem is, is that no, because all the stuff that you guys want requires I'm not money. saying you lost. I'm saying all of us won. In I literally that just respect. explained how there would be less money, how we, there would be less police you have to pay for if you do fund the police properly. So have fun with that talking point. It just, I'm sorry. What we are spending right now on policing, you would consider too much. 
and it is considerably so, yeah, that's why we have less too low and it's considerably too low uh, it, it right now in uh in ohio for instance uh you only have to have like 737 hours um of training before you uh you know you can get out onto the streets uh that's the okay, police so, academy so assuming that's the police I, academy and the police departments so that's, that's why it's better that we have fewer police to train. Again, that doesn't fix the issue of what that doesn't fix the issue of uh, when these cops that are still left, because you're saying that are still going to yeah, we'll be have cops. more money for them. They to are actually going... put into their training and stuff. There will be more money available per police officer to put into their training. Here's the issue, though. What are you going to do about the increase in crime? You, you have still not pointed to because anything you're just, you're that just, would indicate you're just that assuming would a magic increase would, of crime. You can't you can't actually and you're just assuming magically happen. that people will no longer commit crime when everything says that they will obviously continue to commit crime. No, not everything. We're especially we're especially if you things remove, on a case per case basis instead of just responding to all of it with armed thugs. With armed thugs, we're going to yeah, move into thugs. the okay. Q and A pretty quick here. Uh, I think this might be <laughs> a timing. fine time to transition in. Want to say thanks for your questions, folks. All of our guests are linked in the description. That way, if you're listening and you're like, hmm, I like that, Kaz, or hmm, I want more of Richard. Well, all of our guests, all four are in the description box so that you can hear more from them. So we really do appreciate all of you, Ninetales, Kaz, Smokey, and Richard for this lively debate. Yeah, thank you in. for hosting it. Appreciate you, James. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. My yeah, pleasure. Definitely. And we'll jump into these questions. The first one coming in from Merlin72001 says, To the people on the right, until you give an exact dictionary definition of Marxism, stop calling everyone on the left a Marxist. We all know you're using it as a smear. No one is impressed. Again, I'm just using their words. They're authoritative. They want to remove the capitalist structure that has brought America to the forefront and provided all of these fucking weak, weak-minded, uh, young liberals. Uh, it's just giving them an excuse. Not part of We're the, going uh, to move to the next right. question. I, uh, given that the original Super Chat challenged Richard, I got to give him the last word on that. Tony Teb, thanks for your, says a little support. Appreciate that support. And John Maddox says, don't miss the after show. Kickoff in five minutes after the debate ends. Open mic also, smash that like button, people. So thanks for that, John. Mark Reed says, Smokey, would you equate criminals in Chicago killing people to police who are sworn to protect killing people. Uh, namely, not, not that they're sworn to... Okay. Uh, shouldn't the police have a higher standard than murderers? 
Of course, absolutely, and they they do by method of their training, and this follows through with our claim that an increase in transparency and accountability is part of the solution of the problem here. And finding when there are bad hires, which bad hires are going to happen in any industry, having methods to actually locate them, and I believe a lack of transparency behind the thin blue line has been part of the problem that's instigated and catalyzed a lot of these issues that we believe are flowing over into the social circle. Next. Thanks so much for your question coming in from Spart344. Says, I got myself a VPN. Take my dirty, dirty J Schmeckles. I don't know what that means. Next, they say, open question. How about the statement, no lives matter by Ice T? <laughs> Next. <laughs> I don't know. You're nihilist. Are you guys sentiment? We all have at least one point in our life, right? It's pure nihilism. That's amazing. Sunflower, Black thanks for your question. Says the stat about 4% of calls being violent doesn't include domestic di- disputes or house alarms going off. Those often involve violence or breaking and entering. Well, maybe the first well, one. I'll yeah, the highest, that. by the way. Hold on, I, I do have to let, oh, I want to let uh, Ninetales respond. Apologies. And, and yeah, I'm just, uh, I've, I have yet to see that specifically, but, you know, it it seems to be like you, you kind of have to deal with those categorizations because, the, you know, sometimes that can just be people yelling at each other, which isn't inherent. What about, what about all the calls you, where they don't know the situation? I hate to do this. I'm going to give uh, Ninetales a quick chance to oh, respond, to, but then I've got to go to the okay. next question. All right. I, I, I just uh, wouldn't know what answering that would actually accomplish, so whatever. Gotcha. And Tioga is in the house. She has the war paint on. She's in the live chat, and she says, <laughs> Michigan armed protesters took over a Capitol building and threatened police. No one was shot. Why? They were threatening their lives. They were pointing guns. They were not pointing guns, but okay. Next, Gabriel K., thanks for your question, says, Why don't you enter service and make a difference? Oh, it's easy to bash people when it's not your life on the line. I've already put my life on the line once, and I'm not going to do it again. I'm good. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, let's see. I don't. I don't. Have, I wasn't even sure who that was for. I must have missed that part. Yeah, probably for us. Gotcha. Yeah, I would have assumed. I would have assumed the other side there. Yeah. Fair. Uh, let's see. Unless Nine Tails, if you want to respond, it sounds like you have something. Otherwise, we'll go to the next one. Uh, just a little bit. Like, yeah. Like, it's not just about risking your life. It's about trying to change things from within. And we've already had one of our point, opponents point out that that's not exactly a uh, reasonable thing to expect. So, gotcha. But there's that. And Spart344 says, for Ninetales, followed Jacob Blake to where? Why should they risk people's lives with a high-speed pursuit? Well, we don't even need a high-speed pursuit. Um, Like, that might happen, but then you just kind of scale back. And a lot of these cities, especially the ones with their crazy huge policing systems that are hard to hold accountable, have helicopters. We can follow them. Cars run out of gas. Um... You know, I don't really think uh, a father is going to put their family into a, a hostage scenario. Maybe it he would. already did, Richard. No, he I didn't. To, I have to let uh, Melania, or I'm sorry, Nine Tails. I have to let Nine Tails have the last answer, and then we'll. 
but but either way like they can get their guy in the end i'm not saying that like it'd be like the host situation is great but then they can not let the people die next we have one from john maddox who says you guessed it don't miss the after show and send those super chats people help james keep this amazing channel growing appreciate that support john and want to let you know folks we're working on big like no joke in the next several days a an event will pop up that you'll be like james are you serious they're really going to be on modern day debate so we're working on setting up some cool stuff and so we are uh, we appreciate that support we're putting your super chats to good use and such gabriel huh you're such a tease wait i mean it's exciting <laughs> i almost put it on today but i it's uh i'm really pumped we've got honestly for real it's just such an exciting time for modern day debate i am pumped and i can't thank you guys enough you you really you're the lifeblood of the channel the folks i got to tell you like the the debaters make it happen and so i just want you to know uh we appreciate them so much they're linked in the description in case you want to hear more and so for real uh we do appreciate you you try to keep it lit you. for you james that's nice of you and uh next gabriel k thanks for your super chat said so you're advocating harm to unarmed social workers uh, no, no, obviously they would uh, de-escalate things and avoid harm like we only wish the police could learn to do. Gotcha. And the police aren't the only armed people in America that are, um, you know, officials. Other officials are armed. Probation officers. Um, Smokey. They don't, don't respond. To, <laughs> they're, not re they're not responding to crimes, though. Sometimes. Next up, thanks for your question. Some... Hopefully, let me know if I mispronounce. Vorskla says, why does property crime, monetary crimes, and cop, quote-unquote, self-defense crimes seem to be punishable by death sometimes? Cops can have backup and have max pros. I'm not sure what max pros means. Qualified like, immunity, maybe? I'm not sure... What, yeah, I'm not sure what, where they're going with that. Yeah. yeah. Although I would like to hear your. Oh, okay. I was going to say if, if you could comment on what you think about qualified immunity. Qualified immunity. Yeah, it should probably be narrowed. Um, and it is very broad right now. And you could probably take a look at it. But the people that say just get rid of qualified immunity do not understand the uh, the civil liability risks that would come to police officers if that happened gotcha and thanks for your question this one comes in it's actually john maddox once again who says after show will be <laughs> short big one after the second debate that's right we are having two debates it's a double header tonight we are having oliver janich i think i'm pronouncing it right he will be on debating Tom Jump after this on whether or not the, let's see, COVID numbers are exaggerated. So uh, Smart. that should be interesting, and we hope you make it. That should be a juicy one. Spartan, no wonder really you're rushing us. No wonder you're rushing us here in these questions, man. Next up. <laughs> All right, Spart344 <laughs> says, modern day debate. Richard, please respond. I think that they were referring here to 
when they asked uh oh okay so they're saying richard what is your response to when they asked like why to nine tails they asked why should a high speed pursuit have to happen here and they're saying like richard what's your response to that uh, what nine tails had said I, i'm i'm just curious as to when would we inevitably like we're inevitably going to have to have a situation where the police confront Jake, like confront the suspect. And it's who's to say it's not going to be an even more violent situation then, or he's not going to get people harmed in, you know, in between them. James, may I? Yep. Well, this is done in all, all over Europe all the time. This is how like de-escalating policing is done. So uh, you can raise that concern, but it doesn't seem to be a problem for those places. He had just committed sexual assault. Next, Allegedly. We are going to go to, to the standard question list. Ophir, thanks for your patience. Some, for some reason, this didn't seem to make it through in the live chat, but they said question for the team supporting BLM. They said, is this quote from BLM site Marxist? And then the quote is, quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and quote unquote villages. They're disrupting a requirement. They're not trying to change everything. They're just saying that this shouldn't be required anymore. Gotcha. And Jay from the live chat asks question for nine tails. Uh, Jacob Blake assaulted the mother of his kids and stole her keys. Is it really okay to let him get inside a car he didn't own and drive away with kids he didn't have custody of? Uh, I, I, I haven't heard that yet. I have uh, no interest in defending Jacob Blake specifically. Um, I would rather we stick to the entire uh, movement in general. There are many other examples. We can, we can focus in on one and have a debate on that if you'd like. And I might have a totally different uh, opinion, but if Jacob Blake would, specifically I, is not Black Lives Matter. I would like to just take issues. You guys I like brought to nothing hear but anecdotes to the debate. That's an amazing thing to hear. Let's hear from yes. Ninetales. Was it Ninetales or Richard that had something to say, or did you both? Uh, I, both I just wanted to take an opportunity. Uh, Richard, do you want to go first, and I'll just uh, fit, wrap it no, up? No, no, you can go. Just go. Just go. Okay, yeah. So, like, I'll admit that with the Jacob Blake thing, I was uh, rather understudied, and I mostly was dealing with what I had heard about at the time. The funny thing about Jacob Blake is that every other murder before this, I'd pretty much looked into it as much as I could, but this one, it, it's just becoming too much. It's too much emotion and stuff like that. So I was probably wrong about some details, but I think my point stands. They could have de-escalated rather than doing what they did. Was that maybe well, fake sorry, news? But if, was that maybe if, fake if, news? Let's uh, let's hear from Richard. Really quick. Richard wanted to say something. If if BLM was to put, if they were putting the actual uh, cases where police fucked up, such as Walter Scott, such as Philando Castile, we could then I would be more inclined to agree with BLM and to support it. But they don't. They get behind people like Jacob Blake and Michael Brown. Like I'm. I'm sorry. It's just they choose the wrong hills to die on. We are going to go to the final question. Oh. Spart 344. Let me think of. I'm trying to remember the last question. Did should I actually there? respond to that since I think that question was for me anyways? Can't remember who it was for. I think. Because it was about Jacob Blake. 
Yeah, I think it was for you, Nine Tails. So go ahead, because it came in from Jay. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, BLM isn't inherently saying that Jacob Blake was right. They're saying that he was a victim of policing issues that need to be uh, solved sooner rather than later. Next, this one comes in from Spart three four four. Patreon question says uh, the point is that these people are being propped up as victims before the full story is released. I think they're talking about Jacob Blake. Or Can you repeat that? All they all are saying, victims. They saying, are innocent until proven guilty. So they're saying, uh, "quote The point is that these people are being propped up as victims before the full story is released." Yeah, yeah people like, like Jacob Blake. Oh, this, uh, this, people so, like this Michael is for Brown. Nine Tails. Okay, but we, yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, we we know that capital punishment is already like pretty much looked down upon on uh, over most of society. Some places still have it, but it's becoming obsolete because we're just evolving as a species, and so you know, police should be avoiding acting as an arm of the law that way. And certainly whatever people claimed he was shouting afterwards does not justify any of that. All right. And want to say thanks so much to everybody for your questions. I need to wrap it up. And that is, believe it or not, we have run out of questions. I think you guys have solved the issue. That's what that means. So everybody, <laughs> it's uh, certainly we want to say we appreciate our guests. Like I said, they're the lifeblood of the channel. We really do appreciate them. And their links are below if you'd like to hear more, folks. So one last thanks to Ninetales, Kaz, or also known as Factitionalist Network, and Smokey and Richard. We appreciate you guys being with us. And thank you for your super hard work, James. You're, yeah, thank you're, you're James. great. Thank thanks, James. Smokey. Appreciate you're it. Awesome. Appreciate thanks, it, guys. Richard. Thanks, everyone, for the debate. Good time. Thanks Good so time. much. Yeah. And yes, we will be back with Tom Jump. By the way, it no joke, it is Tom Jump's birthday today. So you might as well show up to wish him a happy birthday. And happy birthday, also, Tom. That'll be a, a fun one. And so, yeah, it's, I'm pumped, though. Tomorrow we will have, for the first time, Rose. She will be defending the Flat Earth model against Mark Drisdale. And so that should be really fun. And then She has a model? Huh? <laughs> she has a model? Like an actual model? I've always wanted one. Oh, a Flat Earth model. What? I don't know if yeah, she does. I, I'd never hear any Flat Earthers with an actual model. It'll be juicy. I promise you that. Ooh. And Wouldn't that just ruin it? We might Sunday night have Trump versus Biden as a topic. It depends on if I get a hold of Jeff or we might have someone, an old uh, guest who hasn't been on the channel for about a year may come on and take that spot. So Gabriel K sends in a last minute question saying, Kaz, are you okay to cast your ballot for a racist boomer? No BS to reflect to our president. <laughs> She's talking about... I think they're accusing Biden of being Biden. What do you, what I just, well, the whole, boomer. you know, I white mean, kids uh, and poor kids comment was pretty bad. So I'm, Oh man, you're gonna ask me that question. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> come on my discord after the, uh, after the show and we'll talk about it. There you have it. So thanks so much folks. We hope you keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. Take care. And we will hopefully see you for that last half of tonight, that double header. And so with that, thanks so much for being here.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.